recording from the future of week 14 when the Seahawks inexplicably lose and we all blame it on the one 10 a.m. start. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Ooh, is that a, let me guess, is that Tennessee? That is at Jacksonville. At Jacksonville, Ooh. yeah. Always, don't tell me we have Tennessee at a, on a primetime game. No, if it, was, if it was at Tennessee, we'd blame it on the boogie. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Boo. Yeah. Oh, the, congratulations and boo. That game, that, that is the one that stuck out as the like, uh, hey, oops. This is a this is a thing. They they tried really hard to get no 10 a.m. starts, but there's one, just the one. Well, I saw the the most garbage I, team. I saw the map that said we were playing like traveling, you know, pretty far, and I was twenty five thousand six hundred and eighty eight miles. That can't be helped. The sixth most. We are secluded in the top left corner of the country. That's pretty I am good. Surprised that we're not first most. Yeah, that means uh, we're because London. It. Yes, we have no. We London don't London case. trip because you know the whole season's like a London trip for us. That's called the East Coast. <laughs> I guess. It's pretty... Uh, it's not that bad. I feel like we... Our road trips, it's it's reasonable. Yeah, you know? Here's the thing. Us going to the uh, to play the Giants or the Jets or Buffalo or New England is the equivalent of one of those teams going to London. Just about. I mean, it's just... It's geography. We're the... Like, what? We're the furthest North team. Are and we, the furthest... Uh, the second furthest West team, I think. I think San Francisco is, like, a little bit West. Yeah, like that might be true. 20 miles. Yeah, that's uh, that's the that's the joys of being the Seahawks, though. You have fans. You don't have to go to London. Wait, wait, wait. San Francisco? But what about where their stadium is? Ooh, San yeah, Jose. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Santa Clara, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> I've been it's all the same. I've now, been right? in that stadium getting a sunburn during WrestleMania. All right, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, let's start off with the Seahawks news. The big news this week is that we have a schedule. We do. Um, we play... Uh, we get to play, what, four primetime games? We have four. We have a Monday night football, a Thursday night football, which are no, yeah, well, really that, close together. That, that uh, Monday night football game is actually a really great game. I'm like, pretty excited about that. The that, Atlanta game, that, yeah. That home, home for Atlanta will be a really cool game. Uh, then we play on Sunday night twice, although one is in a flex slot. So right. when Carson Wentz is like, you know, four and nine going into <laughs> week 13, uh, uh, we will uh, probably be flexed out of that spot. And then get flexed in back in in week sixteen at Dallas. So oh, absolutely, that'd be a good I'm game. A, so I'm so I'm I'm assuming that you know there's flexibility there though. What is our Thursday night game? Our Thursday night game is at Arizona. Yep, which is a good choice for a Thursday night game, honestly, because it should be at least an interesting game unless they completely fall apart. Yeah. What I think and the so, NFL has to get every team into prime time, so like they they sometimes do weird stuff to do so. That's why like. Titans Jaguars is almost always a primetime game. Yeah. Not this year. Not this yeah, year. The last three years, but not this year. The last year. three years it has been, but this year they were like, no, we're going to try to dodge that bullet. So they did something different this year. But most years, yeah, that's why they do it. Cause, cause they have so many primetime games. I mean, every team should get one. Should we go week by week real quick? Uh, I think if you want, I think a better thing to do, Kevin, would be tell, tell me like, what's your overall feel of the schedule? And then like, what are some potential pitfalls and, that you see on the schedule. So overall, I think it's a very good schedule for Seattle. We start with Green Bay. I think that's a potential pitfall. That could be a difficult first game. I think the other potential pitfall normally would be at New York in week seven. But because the bye is before that, it gives us a whole week to rest up and make sure we're ready for that East Coast trip. Yeah. Like normally I'd be really worried about going to New York as but because we have an extra week, I'm totally fine with it. My only problem with that, though, is that the bye week is so early. I don't like early bye weeks, and it's not like the old homegrown week four we'd get, but it's just two weeks later. You know, I am not a huge fan of the week six bye, except that could mean that we're getting like Deshaun Shed after the bye. Or if we draft one of these injured cor- corners, that would give us our starting corner rotation earlier than we would have. Like, we functionally get okay. a game, an extra game. So. That could be good strategically. Starting uh, starting the season late at full strength. And I do of. think also we a, always beat the Giants. By the way, there's a pretty good shot of us getting to at New York four and one too. The the early week games are are all pretty easy except for at Green Bay. Yeah, because um, we I, have versus the 49ers, then we have Tennessee, and then Indy and the Rams. Yeah, so I like our shot at that Green Bay game. It's it's yeah. a late afternoon game. It's the first game of the season. I feel like the this is just going off the eye test. I feel like the Packers are the one team that consistently starts slow. Like, they never seem to be ready week one. And uh, Yeah, I can dig that. Another thing I really liked about the schedule was we have two straight home weeks before the short week 
with uh with Arizona. That's nice because usually, you know, I would be worried about that, especially if we had to go like away, away, right in a row, yeah, and mm-hmm. play on Thursday. Like the fact that we get two home, our only, our only two home games in a row is right before we go at Arizona, which I appreciate. And we don't have back to back away games because the only thing like that is we have the Rams week five, the Giants week seven, but we have a bye in the middle. It seems like the the NFL for whatever reason gave us a a pretty. I don't know. I don't want to call it cushy, but it seems kind of a cushy schedule. The the NFL worked really hard this year to try to uh, like give every team a decent schedule, like to give them a fair schedule. Whoever scheduled this season, uh, they signed them to an extension. Yeah, it feels fair, but at the same time, like anytime I look at a schedule, you know, the first time I'm like, okay, it's this many losses. And I always like to throw a few, a couple of extra losses because you never know. Like maybe the Giants are going to get like Drew Brees out of nowhere and they're going to be good. Um, but I feel like maybe this has four losses on it. Well, Just first glancing blush, at it, Green Bay, Atlanta, maybe and Dallas. Dallas are all things to worry about. But I, I mean, mean, you know, you always drop Seattle's a strong here, team here or there. You know, Tennessee shows up. If Russell we're going to lose one or two division games. That happens. The problem is if Russell Wilson doesn't. I mean, the thing is, if Russell Wilson stays healthy, this team is going to win eleven plus games. I'm like fairly confident in that. I'd be surprised with eleven or less than eleven. And I, know I that agree. Maybe maybe that's overconfident. I, I'm not sure, but the the thing is that the schedule sets up nice. We play the AFC South, which was has been historically one of the worst divisions in the NFL. And is so, now pretty mediocre, but this is a team that should chew up and spit out middling teams. Yeah, they're they're all it's a bunch of seven and nine teams, right? So like yep. how do I feel and also one of them still has Blake Bortles as their quarterback. Don't forget <laughs> that. And he's uh, not the worst quarterback out of teams in that division, because one of them has Question mark, question mark, question mark, Tom Savage as their quarterback. That's uh, exactly it. Blake Blake Bortles um, what are some Blake Bortles stats? More, more pick sixes in his career than wins. That's embarrassing. But fewer than Matt Schaub. Come on, that's pretty. <laughs> I'm bad. just saying. When that's is that? When is that Jacksonville game? What week? Eight, week fourteen. It's week fourteen. Week yeah. fourteen. We may not face Blake Bortles. <laughs> this is this is a serious thing. Blake, Bortles, Blake Bortles is probably dead. I mean, this uh, is this will be your your party you'll throw Nathan. Or he'll have a really good second half against our. Backups. Hey, uh, hey, everyone! Uh, Nathan is on the Jaguars Reddit. Yeah, I just wanted to see what what's, what what are Jaguars fans thinking right now. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> Jaguars supposedly one of three teams close and has Cleveland has spoken to tra- about trading up with. Oh God! What would they right, be trading right. up for? This is they, depressing. Okay, a quarterback uh, that is falling. Like they, some people think you got to get ahead of the Jets to get Mitch Trubisky. Oh, I don't want to uh, get ahead of anyone for any quarterback. Unless it's trading to the bottom of the first and somehow getting I'm surprised how low some of these quarterbacks are grading out in the raw grades. Like, I'm looking at people's big boards, you know, and they're like, they're like, yeah, this quarterback, he's about like the, you know, 28th best player in this draft. And then I'm like, oh, and someone's going to pick him second? Yes. Like, this is, this is going to be ugly. Like, and like, that's, that's like a scouting perspective where they might even be giving them a bit of a boost because they're going to give some quarterbacks in the top 50. It's the most premium position. That was the problem I was having. I, I tried to come up with a big board for the first time, but I just don't have enough ego to do that yet. And so <laughs> when I set that up, I was going, well, where do I put these quarterbacks? And Trubisky and Watson were clustered at like 32nd and 31st. But yeah. you know that's and not going like, to happen. Oh, that's so I mean, not good. The draft will be fun to watch just to see those players that you don't believe in getting taken yeah. so fast. Like yeah. Blake There's Bortles. a big rumor going around right now uh, that San Francisco is strongly considering a quarterback at number two. I hope they, they won't do. say which one, but if I mean, if it's Trubisky, y- yikes. Yeah. Um, Suddenly trading a top 10 pick for the backup in New England doesn't seem so bad. James Garoppolo would be a decent, would be a better option than these gentlemen at this point. Travel, tra- if I'm San Francisco fan, I would rather have us trade our second, our number two overall pick for Kirk Cousins. If that, I mean, I'm sure that's that an easy choice. Surprised that has not happened yet, and I don't at this point. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, who knows about draft day? But so Kevin Costner. Uh, Kevin Costner go, knows about draft day. And, uh, let's go ahead and <laughs> dig into a few, a bit of other Seahawks news. I feel like the schedule. Uh, we'll have time to go over it as the season comes closer up in on it on a game by game basis. Yeah, right? I agree. We when we do that, our uh, pre preseason breakdown, yeah, we do start to do our season previews and stuff like <laughs> that. 
uh, as we get to know the final rosters of these teams, because there's a lot, there's a lot of roster building still to go in the draft. That's a fact. Um, all right, for some Rick, of these teams with quite a few picks too. We get to put a story to bed. Richard Sherman is doing all off-season activities. So uh, unless the Seahawks get blown away with a trade offer, Richard Sherman is going to be putting on the uh, the green and blue next year. Oh day. man, guys, do you feel bad about neglecting this story? Man, we should have really put more time into it. You know, uh, John Schneider should have put a lot less time into talking about it because that really made us address it. And even even yesterday, he he talked about it too much. And GMs don't ever talk about anything. And it's like, all right, we love you. Please stop talking about this. Yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, let's see how other Seahawks news this week. Um all our wide receivers think they'll be ready for for week one, which is great uh, news. Uh, which is like you know, Lockett says he's well, ready. Everyone else who had like little minor surgery wait, says they're ready. Lockett has a really good quote. Wasn't his response to "Will you be ready for week one?" Wasn't his response? Well, if I wasn't, that would be news to me. Yes, because that that's exactly a great response. Um, that's insane. Jermaine Effetti <laughs> is ready to move back to right tackle. Sure, he said. Yeah, he, he said won't be he's, worse. He's ready for any position, which uh, that's good to hear. But. I want him at one position all year. Um, and that's it. That's There like really wasn't uh, a lot going on this week. I thought it was pretty a light news week. Yep, we're just waiting uh, for the draft now. You can watch Cassius Marsh play Magic the Gathering on YouTube in the command zone. Hey, when are you getting Cassius Marsh on the show? I Probably never, but I mean, I do know the game store he plays at and a lot of people who work there. I was so. going to say, make it happen. Big, big shouts, Cassius. Sergeant. Um, Kevin, did you have any uh, Seahawks news that you thought... No, uh, I mean, the mock drafts are coming out, but right now it's a big crapshoot. If yeah. we're looking at offensive line and cornerback, and those two spots are in massive flux. And, and then weird things are happening. Like, there's movement now because, you know, Gary and Conley now is, has legal problems, and uh, Reuben Foster failed his drug test, not because he actually had drugs in his uh, urine, but because his test was too diluted. And Jabril which, Peppers was diluted. Jabril Peppers, same thing. Jabril Peppers... I mean, both of those guys seem like guys because Ruben Foster was pretty slight. He lost 15 pounds going into his senior year. Uh, to, he said to boost his athleticism, which seems fine for a middle linebacker, you know. But then yeah. he wanted to look bulky for the draft. I would not be surprised if he was chugging water to get an extra couple pounds. And same with Peppers trying to bulk up to look more like a linebacker. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's just that's silly stuff. Um, Ruben Foster is a probably the best middle linebacker prospect in quite some time. He has like Keekly level upside. Keekly he seems Wag- very sideline to sideline. Keekly Wagner level upside for a middle linebacker. I, I think any four three team should be interested in him. I mean, if he's available at twenty six and we took him, I would not be salty, even though I feel like it's kind of a luxury a luxury item. Is that the way you put it? Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a luxury pick. But I mean, I'd put him an outside linebacker and let him go. Yeah, just let him go, and then if uh, you know, that's a lot of tackle machine. It's like him and Bobby next to each other in in the nickel is like would be insanity. Do you think KJ is good in the nickel? Like nothing this, would get past four yards. Yeah, this guy, these guys <laughs> could, these guys will cover everything all the so way. So much tackling. Um. All right. So anyway, that that's kind of what's going on in a in draft world. Well, uh, Kevin John Ryan, Ryan owns part of a college wood bat team in Portland. In Portland. <laughs> named the Pickles. They're, They're called the Pickles. They're named the Pickles. That's uh That's the level of news we have this week. That's for the Seahawks. best news. That's the best news. All right. Uh, on that note, let's get into NFL news, like full NFL news. All right. Let's do it. Speaking of Pickles, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints. I knew you were going to go straight they, to New Orleans. This Saints. is the best way that could segue. They, they, All other segues were not good. They signed Adrian Peterson to a one-year contract that is kind of a two-year deal, but not really. Team option for the second year? I think it's. I thought it was a player option, which... I, re- I read an interview with Peterson. I thought he said team option. Team so. option? Well, then it's a one-year deal. They ain't picking up a team option on Adrian yeah. Peterson. Uh, that, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's like the best landing spot for him. I can't argue with that. I. I don't know. I, I'm. Is anyone inspired by this, inc- including Drew Brees? I mean, it gives the Saints another body at running back when they already have plenty of decent bodies at running back. What's he offering that Mark Ingram doesn't at this point? It's or, a little uh, weird to me. Who was the other running back that was good last year? I don't know. Trump who, candidate? <laughs> Tra- Tavares Cadet? Tim Hightower. It was Tim Hightower. Tim Hightower. Yeah, I mean, these are guys that, that run, that catch. Uh, it's all things Adrian Peterson does. Was that the guy from uh, Police Academy? Uh... The guy with who can do the voice? Hightower. Hightower. He's way too big. I was Bubba big. Smith. I was Bubba Sorry. Smith. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. I mean, here's the thing. We're only two years removed from Adrian Peterson toting the rock 327 times and averaging 4.5 yards a carry. Uh, Adrian Peterson at, has had like a bunch of seasons over 30 receptions. He, 
I mean, we're just not that far away from it. And I know when running backs go bad, they go bad fast. But I just think that Adrian Peterson has been a physical phenom his whole career, and there's there's a chance that he's still really, really, really good at football. And we'll not, we don't know. We won't know until he hits the field. And I'm, New Orleans is the team that took a chance on giving him enough money to find out. Uh, I'm not sure it will pay off, but, you know, that's what they did. That's what they decided to do. Well, yeah. you bring up a good point, Nathan. I mean, this is the team. When you said it's a good fit, this is the team that is not going to run him into the ground. Like, he's not going to get 22 carries in the first half. He's, he's a good he, pass catcher. Like, Drew Brees yeah. is going to throw and it, he, But the question their is, system. is he one of those backs that needs 22 carries? Some of those backs need a lot of carries to kind of get going. I don't, I don't think I don't him. think he's one of those. I mean, as you get older, maybe he is, but at the same time, that's not their offense, and he will contribute. I don't think he's like definitely you know your your top two three picks in fantasy football this year, but I think he'll have a plus season. He may earn that second year. I think that's I think that's his long shot. I mean, let's be honest. I did mention that he had a really good season two years ago in 2015, but I mean, he, in 2014 and 2016, he barely played. Yep. So there's 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 huge upside here and huge downside. So signing him for a one year deal probably the right idea. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Give him a shot, roll him out there, and if he's good, if he's if he's anything like he was in 2015, he's the top five running back in the NFL, and the New Orleans is probably looking like a offensive juggernaut with no defense. So they're looking very What's New Orleans. New? Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. So do you want to explain this Gillisley thing? Uh, Gillisley. Okay. So the the de- the New England Patriots they they offered an offer sheet to Mike Gillisley, and the Bills let their hated rival take him from them. And it's what two years, six point four mil. Yep. You so, know, here's the, the double edged sword. The Bills are the Patriots farm team. It's like <laughs> I don't know any other way how to say it. You know how this would go. If the Bills matched it, Gillisley would just suck all year, and they'd be like, oh, man, look how Belichick drove up the price on him. But now that he went to New England, you know he's going to reel off a good season, and everyone's going to be like, can't believe Buffalo gave up on Gillisley. It's a terrible move. They were doomed as soon as it happened. That's a pretty, they should just start pretty smart way of looking at every it. Team, every player that's about to leave to any other team to keep this from happening. And let's be what, honest. you give us a conditional seventh? Deal. Just keep him out of New England. Mike Gillisley is like a slightly younger uh, LeGarrette Blunt, and LeGarrette Blunt would not work on any other team. Like What they did with LeGarrette Blunt last year was, was one of a kind. That was New England only. And so for me, it's like... Yeah, cool. They got Mike Gillisley. Like he's basically landed in the only spot where he could potentially be a star. <laughs> uh, Mike Gillisley. This is their running back for next year. Mike Gillisley, James White, Deion Lewis, Rex Burhead, Burkhead, DJ Foster, and Brandon Bolden. That's a lot of running backs, and all of them are pretty good. Like none of these guys suck. Which is that's a lot what, of B level talent. Yeah, and I think Deion Lewis has A plus level talent. What about what about Burkhead? Like, that's think, yeah, but but C minus health. That's I the say, problem. You think Burkhead is a is a Burkhead's an interesting player. He's a solid third running back. Absolutely. Yeah, and the thing about Rex Burkhead and James White is like they are they are potentially guys who you can just like. You can put two of these guys in the backfield and then be like, hey, this guy's going to run out to the slot, and now what are you going to do? Like, that's the kind of thing they're trying to do, I think. It's like, they want formations where they can go, okay, let's put Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead out there, and then, oh, now both of them are lined up outside in a five wide receiver formation, and they can actually run routes. Uh oh. Or do like weird like defense, fly sweeps from two directions. Right. Your defense is like, because here's the thing. You want to get defenses off balance. It's, if you let the defense set up the way it wants to and keep them real balanced, it's really it makes it it makes it easy for the defense, right? They all know their jobs. They all know what they're doing. It's when you can get guys out of position or out of out of whack. That's when you can make stuff happen. That's what New England does best. New England gets guys in positions where they're not comfortable. Um, yeah. So uh, here's a good one. Fox Five San Diego changed their home team from the Chargers to the Rams. <laughs> how do you, how do you like that? Wow, that's bitter and honestly stupid. <laughs> and funny. I'm good with it. Uh Kevin and I on the way up here were talking about uh San Diego, not a sports town, even when they had the Chargers. Um it's the way it goes. So a lot of people are saying that uh if Marshawn Lynch and LeGarrette Blunt don't sign it, don't sign in it before the draft, that they're basically DOA. They're not going to end up on an NFL team this year. That sounds about which right. Which is good for us. If Marshawn, you know, he's not on a team. We that's good for us because he's then we don't have to pay his salary or you know give him away for nothing. Right. Um. Another thing. Uh, 
John Gruden, they did an oral history of Aaron Rodgers falling so far in the draft. And John Gruden's quotes in it were just like so great. Um, yes. This he's just like, really it's good. just like, um, he's just like talking about how he watched film with them. And then they, they, he went outside and, uh, threw out. And then wasn't he like, uh, he, this decision in a nutshell is why I was fired. Yeah. He says it's a memento <laughs> of why I was fired. You can see one of the greatest regrets of my lifetime. <laughs> That's yeah. Wow. So. And I mean, the best part about this is like in this oral history, how much Mel Kiper is like, how did it happen? How did it happen? It's like, Mel Kiper, you're the guy who said that if, uh, the, who's that really crappy quarterback uh, that played for the Panthers? Oh, and, uh, you're talking about the uh, Notre Dame quarterback. The, yeah, the Notre Dame quarterback. Um, Jimmy wow. Clausen. Yeah, if you said if Jimmy Clausen wasn't a success in seven years, you would quit. It's been seven years. Okay, we're ready. We're all ready for you to quit. He just hold out. He has until the end of this season. He's doing so much hand wringing in this article, and it's like, dude, you are terrible at your job. Please stop. Uh, but he's the expert at ESPN. Well, yeah, kind of. I would say it's Todd McShay at this point. Well, like, yeah, Todd yes. McShay. They brought him in to take take out Mel Kiper. And um, that's really it. Uh, those are the stories. Uh, Miles Garrett scored a thirty-one on the Wonderlick. Phil's. What's what? What's that out of? Thirty-one. I don't know. Apparently, uh, it's good. No one know. cares. Okay, cool. No one cares. Uh, yeah, did you know that the quarterback with the beard, Ryan Fitzpatrick, got a... That's what I'm going to call him yeah. now. The quarterback with the beard. Uh, he got perfect on the Wonder League. Okay, well, anyway. yeah, he's really smart. He went to Harvard. He should, yeah. There's this, uh, <laughs> you know, Aaron Hernandez story that we never talked about, but I feel like it's been driven into the ground over the last week. And uh, to be honest, like, it's more just... It's like a cautionary tale. And... He has a daughter. Like, it's really depressing. I don't want to go too deep on that. Yes, Let's keep this a football con- uh, a football podcast. That's that's a, a, a I mean, human interest story. I at this just point. hope I just hope that other players coming out in the draft look at that and then kind of learn from what happened there. Like this is not a path you should take. Or that's whatever. all you can hope. Yeah. Um. Uh. More one day contracts. Demarcus Ware, Andre Johnson. I know Eric's in love with these. <laughs> I'm in love with them. <laughs> no, I I understand them. Although, what, what was Demarcus Ware's with Dallas? Uh, Demarcus Ware, he has signed a contract to officially retire as a cowboy. Oh, dumb. That's dumb. Why? If you're not a legend, don't do it. Demarcus Ware is a legend. He should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, but Demarcus I, Ware has insane pass rush. I, he's great. Numbers. No, he's great. We all know how great he is. I just Demarcus Ware. Maybe I'm souring what I said a week ago. Demarcus Ware invented like edge, modern edge rushing. Like he was the first. He's like the OG, like super. Powered edge rusher. Every time you hear the phrase, he's you know a so, hybrid four three and three four outside rush linebacker. He's stand up and rush the passer on all plays. Or- Where is the reason that guy is going in the top twenty of the draft? Because before him, they just weren't quite sure. You go a little bit further back, and um, what's the guy Rice that played for Arizona and then for a long time, and later on for. Uh, um, talking Simeon Rice, Rice? yes, yeah. and he was a guy who was kind of that tweener size, and they actually questioned what he could do. Man, he'd have been no question. Yeah, I just, I don't know. He's he's like, he's just so good. He's so good, and he was so good for such a long time that I just can't. I don't know. It's I. I think he, if he wants to retire as a uh, as a Dallas Cowboy, if that's like a important part of his. His career, then I think you know, go for it, Demarcus. Uh, I, I guess uh, and Andre Johnson with the Texans, is that correct? Uh, Andre Johnson is with the Texans. Okay. Yeah. Can I give some Demarcus Ware stats real quick? Anytime. Um, okay, here we go. I just because I I have the I have the stat sheet for for uh, like modern pass rushers that I, I my friend and I have really quickly. Like, let me just say, this guy is so good that he played for Denver and Dallas, and I like him admittedly. Okay. Uh, I've got all players, defensive rank players ranked by pressures, 2006 to 2016. He is first with a 666 pressures, which is a great number to finish your career on, by the way. Um, he he also got pressures on 14.79% of his snaps. Uh, the only guy on this list on the top 10 with more a better pressure percentage than that is Cameron Wake, who, you know, all came into the league later in life and, like, was already really polished when he started his career. All these other guys, it's like a who's who of like great passers. Justin Smith, Elvis Dumerville, Julius Peppers, Jared Allen, Tom Bahali. Like all these guys are great. 
but he is he like stands above them. Also, he has the most sacks out of everyone on this list too by seventeen. So not only did he like get a lot of pressures and hurry the quarterback, hit the quarterback, but he also got home a lot too. He was every bit as good as it seemed like he was when you watched him. Um, so if 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 he's not a first battle Hall of Famer, I would be disappointed just because the, the just the raw efficiency, how good he was. And football doesn't have stupid people that vote and go well. You know, Otto Graham wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, so True. no one can be. I don't know, so unlike the, baseball, something dumb like that won't happen. There's some pretty inexplicable first ballot, second ballot Hall of Fame stuff. There are, but NFL. nothing's as ridiculous but, as baseball. But you're right. In baseball, like guys don't make it for a really long time for no reason. And then the NFL, that never happens. Like If they don't make it on the first year and they should have, they usually make it in the next couple of years. Um, we already talked about... We already touched on Jabril Peppers. Uh, Jabril Peppers uh, also failed a drug test. Uh, could fall into the deep second round, maybe even third round now, which is pretty... You think he's going to fall that far? I could see for sure deep second, because people are already questioning him. They're having a lot of trouble figuring out where they would play him. It's going to take a really creative coaching staff like Arizona, like New England, like Seattle, like maybe uh, like maybe the Jets could be now because they have Todd Bowles. It's going to take someone who's willing to... Uh, utilize him in their defense Carve out in a spot an interesting form. and creative way. And then, you guys ready for the last one? Oh, yes. Oh, wait, there's two more. Sorry. Phil Simms real about hurt that he got replaced by Tony Romo. But if he wanted, didn't want to get replaced by Tony Romo, he shouldn't have sucked. I was about to say, you know what You know what he should have to do? He, they should tell him he can go back into the booth if he can sit and watch every single game that he's called no, wait, the last three years. Is he going to be in the booth but just not on the number one team, or is he no, fired? He's, no, he's, he's going in the into studio. The, he's going into a studio show with Tony Gonzalez. Great. Perfect. He's going to be there, Terry Bradshaw. Which, Tony Gonzalez is like the best guy on their studio shows. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, whatever. CBS's broadcast has been a little bit behind Fox's for a while. Yep. And uh, I think that... Getting Romo closes the gap, but not, not as much, not all the way. It's not all the way closed yet. Still better than Aikman. Um, last one, Kevin. <laughs> this one's for you. You ready? I'm, I'm there. Deshaun Watson said, "If you pick Mitchell Trubisky before me, you're gonna have to live with the consequences." How you like that? I'm I'm fine with that. I love it, dude. I love when guys just call their shot like that. Yeah, it's like like, uh, like Miles like, Garrett. It's my favorite. It's like it's uh it's Jameis Winston going in the huddle saying who wants to catch the touch winning touchdown. I knew you'd love that. The yeah. winning touchdown. Mr. Bitsky is always like, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Bitsky's probably like, I didn't do anything to this guy. I like Miles Garrett was a uh, said if Cleveland doesn't take him, he's gonna relish knocking their quarterback flat every single time. And here's they play. here's the problem that he screwed up. He should have said quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, because they always have a different one every time they play him. They would definitely have to then. Uh, they uh, he's going number one. There's, if he doesn't, that's just the dumbest. It's thing. It's like the most slam dunk thing that I see. The actually like I've the more I research, the more I see like yeah, I understand because like a lot of his production is against the weaker opponents that they played. And he doesn't always seem like he loves football. But other than that, there's literally nothing you can bag on him about. Like, everything looks so good, and he plays the position. He's like a photograph of what you want a guy playing the position to look like. Yes. Like, it's just, I don't know. He he, he strikes me as the kind of guy who might play for, like, seven or eight years and then retire young, but having been really productive. I think that's, like, the worst case for him. Yes. I think that's his, like, worst case scenario. He might retire, like, running back age. Um, that's it. Uh, other than JJ Watt saying TJ Watt was better than he is better than he was in college. Nice. <laughs> Just trying to help his little bro out. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't need any help. J- Even though he's probably Watt, right. TJ Watt's tape does enough help for him himself. <laughs> hey man, JJ Watt wasn't amazing in college. That's why he wasn't. Right. But he was good. He was good. Was yeah. Cool he too. was real good. He was, yeah, that's why he went top 10. Uh, yeah. I think he went ninth, right? He went like 11th. That. Either way. What's two? Yeah. I don't know. We he went high in the first round. We can Google it. Uh, He's a Wisconsin defensive lineman. They don't go that high. Yeah, that's not really a pre- converted defensive lineman, too. Don't forget that. He went 11th. Okay. So, uh, Eric nailed Eric that nailed one. Eric nailed that one. Yeah. Oh, that's my Eric, only one of the Do you think TJ Watt will be picked before JJ Watt was? Zero percent. No, man. He plays, he plays a less premium position. 4 3 outside linebacker. He's going to go like 17th, though. I said that a couple or, weeks ago. Or 3 4 inside linebacker. Either way, it's not a premium position. No. He'll go 17th. All right, so that's uh that's it for NFL news. Uh, Kevin, you want to tell us all about how you can support the podcast? Yeah, you don't keep jamming that like button. Uh, retweet, you know, share, 
send the podcast around, circulate, matriculate the podcast down the field to any and all of your friends. You can find us at patreon.com. We are at the Seahawks Nest. You can find us on Facebook. We are the Seahawks Nest. You can find us on Twitter at Seahawks Nest. Or you can go to fromtheaccess.com. Bam! Uh, yeah, anywhere you find a podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, Google Play Music. I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. We're not on Google Play Music yet. iTunes? Uh, over, not on Zoom. Uh, Pocket Casts, Overcast, uh, iTunes. Podcast Republic. Um, we're on all that stuff. If we're not on something that you like to use to do podcasts, let us know. I'll put it on there. Tune in. We're on Tune In Radio. I know that. Okay, anyway. Uh, I'd like to thank whoever uh, from Mountain View, California, who went through and downloaded every... I love this. my new favorite thing. Find the guy who downloaded every episode, obviously, like from a weird place. Someone there downloaded 50 episodes. So, good job by you, buddy. I hope that you enjoyed catching up, or I hope you just had your podcast app download every episode and then only listen to the newest one. That would be my favorite. Either way, that works. we are a fan of you, much as you seem to be a fan of us. Um, then, uh, also, thank you to everyone who uh, dealt with uh, disabled uh, deleted track gate, 19-minute uh, yes. track gate, uh, where I uh, accidentally uploaded a 19-minute version of the last podcast. And thank you to the Argentinian 12th Man Contingency for bringing this to our awareness. Yeah, you're, you're the best. And uh, I am I got moon stamps, Kevin. Nice. So you have to get a stamp with the moon on it to send stuff into other countries. I didn't know, really know how to send stuff to other countries. Because I'm in America, sure, other countries might as well be I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the, yes, telling you. the original sense. sticker I tried to send to Argentina. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get that back in the mail in like two more weeks. And it's going to be all beat up. You, <laughs> you know? can get it back in a year with some World War II love notes. It's like, what What happened? Because I like didn't use the right... like I did't know, I don't know how to send things internationally, man. I'm like, I'm pretty stupid. You've listened to this podcast. We're clearly winging it half the time. <laughs> All right. Come anyway, on. Uh, I thought that'd be fun this week because we have a big new release, not this Friday, but the following Friday that most Oof. people are in, people in this room are probably very, well, various levels of interested in, and it brings up a very uh, good discussion, I think, and of, about um, just s- the s- direction of Hollywood in general. So let's talk. The original Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay? Let's talk the James Gunn directed and written Guardians of the Galaxy. Eric? Yes. You are Mr. Comics. Mr. Nerd. Mr. 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 Uh, Giant Dorkface. this stuff. So I want you to lead off with uh, your just overall feelings about Guardians and just how you feel about the movie and uh, what you. And then we'll go into a deeper discussion a little bit. All right. So. A little preface here. I'm not a fan, not a huge fan of the Marvel movies. I feel like the Marvel movies are popcorn movies. They're action packed. That's fine, but I, I just, I just like a little more catharsis in my stories. I like, I like a little more story. I don't want to just throw everything at a wall and be like, "Yep, it's stuck." There you go. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I was afraid, like, okay, this is Marvel's wheelhouse. It's going to be a ton of jokes with a lot at stake and no one's going to take it seriously and it's just going to be a carbon copy of everything else. No! Guardians of the Galaxy is fun. It's entertaining. It's action-packed. It's funny. And guess what? It's got heart. That's my only worry about the sequel is will it have heart because the first one had so much heart and it was so great. When James Gunn writes stuff, it always has... You can feel the the connections between the, the characters he writes the characters in such a way that like you can you can you can really buy the relationship the relationships between the characters feels real you know and so i think that's what i like about this movie is that like you can see like the real relationship building between like gamora and star lord and like mm-hmm. you can you can feel like how much like groot and Ra- rocket get get along with each other you yes know what I mean? rocket so, of course voiced by bradley cooper so good in the did he really voice that role well, yeah. Yes. What about and what about Groot being voiced by, by Vin, Vin Diesel? Diesel? Because if you need someone large who doesn't talk very much, this podcast <laughs> has told you time and again: you cast Vin Diesel. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care what the movie. If you ever need a large, gentle giant, if you didn't cast Vin Diesel, man, the results are on you. And here, they're on you. And I understand. It's your... like drafting Mitchell Trubisky before Deshaun Watson. It's on you. <laughs> you have to live with the consequences of it. <laughs> I understand your trepidation, Eric, with the whole thing, because uh, 
James Gunn got a lot of freedom in the first movie to kind of do what he do his thing. And I think it that's was, why it worked. It was, it was, it was a definitely. throwaway uh, license, basically. Yeah, they were like, James Gunn, do your thing, dog. Here's $150 million. Make it big. Make it loud. Make, make it fun. Go crazy with it. And he did. He went, he took it to the edge. And like, I mean, I don't know if you've gone online and looked. You can, you can listen to Awesome Mix Volume 2 right now and hear the music. Like, if anything, the music is as good as the first one. I bought the first soundtrack on vinyl. It is the only soundtrack I own. And it's just because it's the kind of like schlocky, funny stuff that you can throw on on like a summer day where you clean the house. And it's just funny. Yeah. Well, this, also this movie, I mean, it's got pretty big star power now, but at the time, like Vin Diesel in kind of a cameo role being funny saying one line. He recorded a bunch, but it's one line of dialogue. I am Groot. Nice. No, and then, you, yes, exactly. And it's then, spoiler, lines. but then you have, spoiler. uh, <laughs> spoiler for this three year old movie that everyone saw. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, that's what I love to do though, say so spoiler. So, uh, but really Bradley Cooper <laughs> is the it. big star because Chris Pratt, he was rising when this movie came out. This movie kind of cemented his role as an A-lister. Yep. It was and this and then Jurassic World. And now it's like Chris Pratt's the biggest star on Earth. Exactly. Yep. Now he, this came out, he was like, hey, that guy's uh, funny on TV and he's handsome. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. So before now that, it's a star to the cast. What was the biggest thing he'd done? He'd voiced Emmett Brukowski or like been in Zero Dark Thirty. Like he, Par- yeah, yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Well, I mean, Parks and Rec, but I mean, I don't even know if that counts because he was like just... I'd say because that he was, he was a face that everyone saw. And Zero Dark Thirty, like... Honestly, I thought he was really crummy in that movie. Yeah, but I, I didn't. Mean, I didn't care for that. But I mean, he like did a voice in Lego Movie, and like he had. Oh, he was Scott Hatterberg in Moneyball. Like he had yeah. done much. He hadn't done anything. Oh, that's he was right, Hatterberg. <laughs> he hadn't done that much stuff. <laughs> so, so Chris Pratt, what was it like playing Moneyball. Scott Hatterberg? Yeah, it's just funny. What that was he's... it like playing former catcher, third baseman, flex infielder Scott Hatterberg? Do you that... think you have what it takes to play Willie Bloomquist? Do you that... think you have what it takes to hit two ninety seven and eight home runs? <laughs> Wait, before I keep going, that <laughs> movie Moneyball is so underrated. Oh, that's. I hope it's that's on your point. list. I'm not arguing that's with a you. Full podcast. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> but. uh so do the Browns front office. Want a production fact about this movie? Since I know you guys like my production facts. Yes. Go for it. Uh, they built a 350,000-pound uh, set of the prison so they could because they tried to use as many practical sets and practical effects as they could. That's that makes great. sense. James Gunn is great, and James Gunn got this the most recent Fast and Furious movie. That's <laughs> <laughs> he got this job though because you know he's he's adored by the nerd community, and he was perfect for it, and. This movie was, you know, undoubtedly going to get a sequel, but man, I just hope it lives up. You know, one thing I think that speaks to the heart of this movie and the wonderful writing of this movie is the fact that think about the one-liners that you repeat, those quotable moments. Those quotes suck without the character. Nothing would go over my head. I'm too fast. I would catch it. that's, that's, That's a dumb line, but it's a... Perfect line. I think like all this, the whole movie. We're Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) That's not as funny if it's not said by a murder machine. Yeah, the the sum is greater. Your pelvic magic than the whole of each part. That is the that is the best way you can sum up this movie. Yeah, the the because it works all together. Great parts. Yeah, but like you're saying, the but if you take them out, yeah, if you take them out, they're just kind of they. They don't. Where would you put this? But yeah. it's a great puzzle. The first time I watched this movie, I remember just the entire movie was just hits. It was all hits. Opening sequence. Then when he's walking through the ruins and he's singing, and the encounter where they don't know who he is and he's so disappointed. It's every single scene. You're like, man. This could be really good. This is set up really well. And then it's better than you thought it could be. Okay. Let me give you a couple things to make you feel good about Guardians 2, Eric. One, they already gave James Gunn Guardians 3. Ooh. Um, the execs have seen this movie. They've focus tested this movie on actual human beings. That's how this works. There's no way this movie's going to be bad. Uh, also, all the produ- promotional materials looks like they really leaned into the parts of the movie that people seem to like. Yeah. Like the things they just went and they, it looks like they're going to try to ratchet it up from 10 to 11. You know, like all yeah. the, like they're going to try to like just, double down. They're going to like to say, Hey, last time it was like, it was like 10, but this time this one's one louder. Like they're going to really go for it. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just like, I think it looks really like a good sequel and I'm very excited. And 
James Gunn, I mean, if you look at the trajectory of his career, he hasn't done a whole lot, you know? He he married Pan from the office, then he divorced <laughs> Pan from the office. <laughs> <laughs> he he wrote Sli- wrote and directed Slither. Which is just adored by film geeks. And it is so good. Mm-hmm. That is like I would have done Slither if I thought both of you had seen it. I've seen most of Slither. Yeah. And Cal- I have not Kevin. seen it in I haven't seen it. Uh, is that weird? And then Super is good, but I bet, have you guys seen that? Oh yeah. No. Super is awesome. <laughs> it's dark. Yeah, it's dark. And then. I would want to do Super and Kick-Ass in the same And episode. then Guardians. Guardians is the next movie that he made. Like, he's only made, this is his fourth film. You know, and it's, and he's just really great. He did a, he's done a bunch of writing. So James Gunn is, he's like a, he's like a treatment guy. You know, like they get, he often has like saved scripts that were bad. Uh, and like, or like tried to do stuff with that. But I mean, like, you know, he wrote the original Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> like that, that's the kind of stuff he did before he got to make his own stuff. You know what's stealthy about this movie? What? This movie is basically a heist movie. If you really think about it, it's like the aftermath of a heist movie and it's pulls off the ensemble cast so well. I can see that. Really, what they're trying to do is they have, you know, basically a doomsday device, and they're trying to find a fence. It's maybe it's just my the way my twisted brain works, but they're trying to keep it out of snatch in this that I feel that just I don't know the way it takes something serious and is lighthearted about it. Everyone's trying to get the stone, just like in snatch. Yeah. Um. By the way, if you don't want to know the plot of this of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, don't go to the Wikipedia page because the plot synopsis is very detailed. That sucks. And I read like the first two sentences, and I was like, "This is already too much," and I had to just keep, like start scrolling. Um, as a as a nerd, I'll say I'm excited for the Easter eggs because they're dealing with a lot of underused, undercared about 1970s comic book characters. I mean, I wasn't around for this, and. <laughs> they're just throwing in more more references that you won't understand and they leave it for the big time comic nerds who like researched it to go and find them uh when they in the movie in guardians of the galaxy when they go into the collector's base you see a dog in like an astronaut suit <laughs> that's an actual comic from the 70s and it's like it's like space dog or something like that but space dogs in the movie uh, the after credit scene, you know, where Marvel's like, we're gonna set up the next movie, and in Guardians, the after credit scene is, hey, Howard the Duck is just here for no reason. Yes, it's great, and and that's voiced by Seth Green. Seth Green in a. By the way, the collector, another role. like throwaway role that was done so well. Yeah, yeah the, it was hey Benicio del Toro, you're an amazing actor. You want to be a weirdo? There's some movie? pretty great actors that are. Uh, like determined to being in this that are in this movie like uh, Sylvester Stallone's in it Kurt Russell's in it Sylvester Stallone is in Guardians 2 yeah what I hope Kurt Russell plays his character you know from what character he's playing it's I, kind of a spoiler yes okay. oh, well it's not a spoiler for you because you won't actually know the character it's a, spo- <laughs> it's a spoiler only for Eric because he's a huge nerd he's playing Stakar Ogord or Starhawk whoa really Interesting. <laughs> uh, see, and, and Kevin had no reaction to that, which which made my prediction exactly correct. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's a it's it's supposed to be like a pretty cool character according to humans, but I I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I've never I've never read. It I just know what he looks like, but um, it's like Michael Rooker's character looked a lot different in the comics than he did in the movie. All right, so uh, yep. Uh, we've got Ving Rhames, Michelle Yeoh, and Miley Cyrus in this movie. Like, there's... oh, Miley Cyrus is in it. Boo! Uh, this could be kind of awesome. Miley, Think about it. Miley Cyrus is playing. Uh, it's uh, she main, be like Lloyd Kaufman. Who mainframe? I don't know. It's oh. it's hard to tell. Like, I hope she's just voicing a computer. Dude, uh, so I don't good. know. It, it's hard to tell. This this Wikipedia article is kind of a uh, I don't know. My, it, it, I don't bet you. Wait, Charlie Twenty Sevens in this movie? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on in this movie, and if, I'm sorry if I spoiled anything that people didn't want spoiled. Like if you're a huge nerd and you didn't want to know that Sylvester Starbuck. Stallone played a guy, I don't even remember the name anymore. <laughs> it's too long ago. Seahawk. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, whatever. It's Guardians Two is gonna be good, and I don't think that well, I... Guardians One is a legit ten for me. I don't know about the two of you. It's like the best Marvel movie for me. I don't know if it's a 10. It's a 10 for me because it tops out what I think that genre can do. 
Like for the like substanceless fun superhero movie, it's yes. as good as it gets. Yeah, it's There's a no, ten for summer blockbuster one. schlock. Best Marvel movie probably. I mean, Avengers was fun, but uh, Avengers didn't pull off an ensemble cast this balanced. No, and Avengers, Avengers really likes to pat itself on the back throughout the entire movie. And also, Avengers. Uh, the thing about Avengers is, is that like, you know, uh, Thor doesn't wear his helmet. Sweden I know. Loves the smell of his own farts. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, that's basically all I've got there. Uh, I saw the Fate of the Furious for to double back to uh, last week. And uh, Fate of the Furious says, here's my review of Fate of the yes. Furious. It is one of the worst Fast and the Furious movies, but I still had a lot of fun watching it. So it's below five and above four? They went thinner on the plot than ever before. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I felt like, I felt, honestly, I really missed Brian. You know, Brian O'Connor. I really missed the Glue. character. Is, this, is uh, it Paul Walker? It's Paul Walker, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know You're such they're... a buster for not knowing that. <laughs> uh, that's what, that's what they I knew would it say. too. That's, that's why what I they would say. Uh, but yeah, uh, Paul... a buster. I would heard that's like sixth grade. Yeah, well, that's because the, in the, that's so in the bad. First, in the first I movie, know. they call him a buster constantly. But it was in like 2000, so that was that, like the first movie is almost fifth. It's like 15 years old. Yeah. Well, that's uh yeah. That's all I got. That's what I got for today. Great job, everyone. This is our yeah. shortest podcast of the off season, but nice. also. I think that we're going to make up for it next week after the draft. Yeah, we got some draft to talk something, about next week. Something tells me that next week's is going to be one of the longest. So, Fact. Uh, yeah. Eric, anything you want to say before we go? No, man. I'm, uh, I'm really excited for the draft. I do want to, I want to ask one, one more draft question. I know we're wrapping up here with the shortest nice. podcast. We're going. Bonus. This, for those I, of you I, listening. I wanted to, this I, is like bonus content because I bet you a lot of people like are like, oh, movie club starting. Turn I want to, no, I kind of want to fire this off, to but it didn't seem right. Nest. Who's, what do you think we're going to pick? Like just first round. That's on Thursday night. What do we pick? What position? Not player. Obi Melifon. That's that's my prediction. I don't know if we'll pick him at twenty six or thirty one, but I think that's who ends up on the Seahawks after Thursday. Okay. Offense line. Forest Lamp. A lot of people are thinking Forest Lamp has a chance to fall to us. If he does, we're picking him. There's no way we're not. I'm not sure who it is. I think we're gonna pick the best. I think one of Robinson, Ramchek, and Lamp will be there, and I think we're picking one of them. That's what you Ramchek said. Ramchek yeah. seems to be falling. What about Garrett Poles? Are you out on Garrett Poles? I just. I mean, if they pick him, they pick him, and I can see what there is to be excited for. He is not who I would choose. Well, now that Conley probably isn't so, going to be the guy you want to take in I, the first round, I'm just going to say another cornerback. I'm going to advertise a little podcast since we have extra time. I'm going to pitch the concept to you on for episodes where we have not oh, a little extra time like this. Have you guys ever heard of the All Fantasy Everything podcast? Refresh us. So basically, what they do is they they uh, they take things that are not sports and then they fantasy draft them yes as if it was fantasy drafts and it's like the greatest podcast concept yes and, i'm uh, aware of this concept and then they, they super like break it down like um they had they did an episode where they fantasy drafted the taco bell menu and sean jordan had the first pick and he picked a bean and cheese burrito the first overall pick and they were just like ripped him for like five minutes straight which i of love course, you know it's the safest pick in the draft it's so bad. It's, it's such a bad, Aaron Curry. It's such a bad of pick. This draft. It's so bad. It's such a bad pick. So um, that's solid. Verbal does a fantasy things draft where it's sports related, but you can do any sports related thing that you think is going to be mentioned a lot, like uh, SEC quarterback with a hot girlfriend as something that's going to be brought up all the time. So um, anyway, if there's something you want us to fantasy draft and we have extra time, uh, send us an email. Uh, send us a tweet at Seahawks Nest or message us on Facebook. Uh, what would you like to hear us fantasy draft uh, on the podcast when we have uh, 10 extra minutes like we do today because the off season is slow and boring and dark and full of terrors? Yeah. And, you know, or if you have football related messages, you could also send us those. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want us to fantasy draft football things, I well, can fantasy or just draft. Answer your questions about football. Fantasy draft Marshawn Lynch quotes. No, <laughs> no juice. Uh, I'll, I'll take uh, all about that. Uh, I will boss. only rank them because I don't want to get fined. Oh, nice! I like that. No one brought up Charlie Pops. What have we become? <laughs> oh, why did Charlie? That's your pops. Oh my gosh, man! Yo, one. Charlie, this your pops? <laughs> That's Charlie Pops right there. Man. I was wondering. I was sitting here talking, thinking I'm talking to Charlie Pops. <laughs>
Oh, oh, that's still the best thing Charlie Whitehurst ever did. Charlie Whitehurst, just for this, just for this, <laughs> just in case this happens. Clipboard Jesus. That was when we he did back quarterback. Yeah, that's when. Oh, yeah, but we need a quarterback. That's why you don't get Charlie Whitehurst. <laughs> we, we, you don't want to. If you get Charlie Whitehurst it, on the Seahawks, it guarantees your quarterback won't get. All due respect, he had one amazing drive for the Seahawks and won us Charlie Whitehurst into the, the playoffs. The, he's the fire extinguisher in the wall with the piece of glass over it with, with like a little hammer on top <laughs> and you gotta use the little hammer to break it break into the I was gonna say you break the glass and the then apartments. immediately after that you're disappointed I know like I wish I had a tiny hammer <laughs> tiny metal hammer you know if you ever figure out it, I wonder if there's someone who goes around and steals those little hammers off of them there is Maybe now a black Kevin alright so our first all fantasy everything less fantasy draft the guardians of the galaxy there's there's I'm gonna say there's six of them you can take on if you want Kevin, you want you got a first pick. Now go one, two, three, four, five, six. So you're gonna get stuck with the last guy. Let's fantasy draft the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so first pick. You know, I'm gonna criticize whatever you pick. I'm gonna have to go with Star Lord. Weak. All right, this is bad. I feel like I feel like I have a clear first pick, and so far not taken. I'm I'm really excited now. There's a chance Eric won't take. I'm gonna take him. Who? I'm taking Rocket. Oh man, I was gonna take Gamora. I I killed you guys. Why are you taking Gamora? That's Gamora's a, a really good pick. Except because Gamora's actually, she on her own could not round up a crew. She's this the is most true. badass. But the thing is, I'm on the wheel. I get the next pick, so I can like back it up with Groot, and then now I have Gamora and Groot. So you have you have unit. I'm sorry, you have a tag team of early '90s wrestlers with no mic skills. G unit. That's all right. I got. I guess I'll take Drax. Oh, Drax the Destroyer. I yeah. Like that. Kevin stuck with. He said with Star Lord and Nandu, which is actually like a real team. Yeah, the uh, yeah. the the foster parent and his foster son. Dude, I should have I, mention... I given you Groot just because I was hoping uh, you would. Rocket but... Groot, that's like a perfect pairing. Not to mention the the whistle missile. Whistle missile. Yeah, that thing is that weird. artifact is amazing. Uh, in the seventies, he the was, scene when uh, he actually used it was so great. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like a great no build up too. It just kind of came out the uh, a little build up, I guess. In the seventies, he was like a space archer. And so for the movie, they were like, whistle, missile. And it worked perfectly. It was so it good. <laughs> and like, the thing that was cool about it was it was very James Gunn. Like, it's like yes. so like brutally efficient and like. <laughs> well, and that is, uh. Like, that's like, that's like such a thing, you know. But it doesn't like, seem like it's going to be. And then all of a sudden, just everyone dies. Well, and that's Michael Rooker. Amazing actor, right? Michael Rooker as Yondu. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yes. Um, Mr. Right. Yo himself. Well, I think it's about time. I mean, we could try to fill these last seven minutes with just nope, random babbling. We're done. But I, I I'm think not, we just I'm did. We have just babbled enough. I, I, I gave them ten extra minutes. That's all I got. All right. Uh, all right. For Eric Ronovec, for Kevin Garber, you can find us all over the internet by searching for Seahawks Nest Podcast. Go to facebook.com slash Seahawks Nest, twitter.com slash Seahawks Nest, and uh, we'll see you next week. Go Hawks. The Doritos Locos Tacos got to be the first item on the Taco Bell menu, right? Yeah, well, and then also, I think if you don't like quesadillas are up there, uh, the gorditas, because like it's like a deep fried, it's like fried egg tacos. So gross. Two dancing shoes and my friends with me